and welcome to episode 439 of the MTG Goldfish Podcast. I'm Seth, probably better known as Seth Red Olive, and we have the full crew here this week kicking things off with the owner of MTG Goldfish, Richard. How are you this fine Monday morning, Richard? Good morning, Seth. Uh, we see I have some we have some spicy, some spicy, uh, <laughs> some spicy deck list to look at this morning. I'm excited. Yeah, so we've been talking about Lord of the Rings for a couple of weeks, but the set is actually out now. So now we get to talk about what the cards are actually doing, which should be pretty interesting. But before we get into that, we got another co-host in Krim. Good morning, Krim. How are you today? Morning. Uh, also pretty excited to talk about these deck lists that I'm seeing. So uh, yeah, I'm um, pretty good. Oh, also so- I guess I. I, good news is I just came back from a concert this weekend, and uh, so I, I, I moshed really hard, broke my phone, and on top of that, when you mosh in your 30s, it hits way different. <laughs> I am so sore, dude. <laughs> I am so unbelievably sore. Oh, my God. Is is this the end of the moshing? Is there ever a point? Or are you going to be like the guy that's like 75 and out there with his cane? He, like, he already down? is that guy. <laughs> yeah, I am that guy all the, right all now. All the kids are like, who is this geezer yo, up here? Yo, help this old man up. I, I'm crowd surfing so that I can get <laughs> help people, back up, actually. <laughs> do, do the kids go easy on you because they know you're a little yeah. older? Like, do they not hit you as hard yet? <laughs> <laughs> They're afraid they'll break something, break a hip. <laughs> uh, anyway, today we are, as I mentioned, talking Lord of the Rings. There's a couple of cards people are complaining about, maybe saying need to be banned. We wanted to get into that. Want to talk about first impressions of the set in modern. Uh, the set's actually kind of making some waves. Some of the cards from the set, at least, there's some deck lists from Moto. Want to talk about those? Are they actually good? Are they going to stick around? Are people just trying new? things uh, so stuff like that some first impressions of the set and then answering some fish mail so that's the overview for today before we jump into it a quick reminder that today's show is brought to you by card conduit and card conduit they are the easiest way to sell your magic cards and if you ever get tired of all of the hassles that go into buy list new york cards card conduit lets you skip them with their curated service you can send in as many cards as you want with a buy list value of a dollar or more and pay just a five percent service fee and if you want to do a bit of work you can use a sorted service where you list and sort your cards in advance and pay just a 2% fee. And either way, you're going to get a detailed report with the results and a fast payment once your order is processed. And you can even get another 10% off by heading over to cardconduit.com slash mtggoldfish. Card Conduit, they are the easiest way to sell your magic cards. So thank you to Card Conduit for supporting the show. And let's talk some magic and let's start big picture. So Lord of the Rings is out. It is officially out as of last weekend, pre-releases the weekend before. What is your first impressions of this set now that you've actually got to play with it a bit? Like during spoiler season, we were kind of like, eh, power level seems kind of low. Is it going to be strong enough to see you play outside a commander? Has anything changed now that you've got to play with the cards? I mean, from the cards that I've gotten to play with so far, kind of like everything we talked about rung true, right? Like Orcish Bowmaster, still, still very good. Um, I think that some of the so most of the other cards to me didn't feel like that it, it was that great or like even worth mentioning when it comes to like at least I don't know if we're talking about commander the only things that have been have I've seen a lot of are Lord of the Rings cards but that, that's just because like it's so popular of an IP but power level wise uh you know I feel like Orcish Bowmasters and the food precon they're kind of good what about you, Richard? You know, Have you got to play any Lord even, of the Rings? I, I so underestimated it. I didn't even bother playing Modern. I'm like, I, I fired up Arena, put in some money, 
and just started drafting mm-hmm. uh, because I'm like, I don't want to play historic and I don't think the cards are going to show up in modern in the way uh, I thought they would. And uh, we're about to get to that one. Uh, but I would actually say it doesn't feel Lords of the Rings enough. Like, you know, five seconds after cracking boosters, it just feels like I'm playing normal magic again. And I, I don't know why, but it just felt like magic. Like a lot of the cards just feel like magic cards. Like a lot of the no-name characters, you're like, just like any random magic card. And then the named characters are like, I don't know, like two seconds in, you're just like doing their thing anyway. So it's actually kind of interesting. I feel Commander is where it feels most Lord of the Ringsy, but in Limited, it just feels like you're playing regular magic, uh, which is interesting. And then uh, we'll get into Modern in a second, but uh, Modern is the, the, the true test here. And uh, I didn't even bother with it, but I, I made a mistake. I, I should have played some Modern this weekend instead. Yeah, yeah it, it seems like, I don't know, my impression is, I think we might have underrated this set a little bit. Like, my first impression is the cards actually play a lot better than I expected, and they kind of punch up a little bit. Uh, and the synergies are really nice, and we've seen some of the cards from the set actually have a surprising impact on Modern. I've played a lot of Historic. I've found the Inconstructed. If you want to, the pieces exist to really build a deck that feels like the Lord of the Rings movies, where you kind of like actually just role-play the entire story. So maybe in Limited, it's not the same, but Inconstructed... I think the flavor, to me, feels Lord of the Ringsy. How has Limited been discounting the flavor stuff, Richard? Like, is it a fun format? Like, I've heard some people I've heard say really love it. Other people I've heard they don't really like it. Where where do you fall on that, Limited-wise? I only did, like, four drafts. So I, I didn't, like, go hardcore because I, I have nothing to do with the packs when I opened them. It was okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know any archetypes. I just drafted random stuff, and it, it happened to work out. But... I don't know. I don't think it's too. I don't think there's anything special, but I haven't played enough to compare it to other formats. But I was just like, I played enough. I'm going back to Honkai Star Rail. See you. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I wasn't like, sometimes I play limited. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to stay up and like keep drafting and keep going. This one was just like, it was okay. It was like, I got, I got my Lord of the Rings fixed. Uh, and then I just moved on. <laughs> I, uh, I played it in Horse Historic. It's been quite fun. Um, some of it's like a lot of it's actually underpowered, but I, which is why I'm like surprised with everything that's going on in modern. But I did play with Bowmasters and build a Sweet Fevered Visions, uh, collective defiance, <laughs> like dot deck. Like I, I, I turn three somebody. I'm <laughs> but Bowmasters is just good. Like that card. Yeah, I know that's one of the most hype cards from the set, but I've just been playing it fairly, and it. It seems like it's good enough that way, too. Even if you're not trying to play Wheels and Fevered Visions or whatever, like, it's just a good two-drop. It comes down and, like, snipes all the mana dorks. It snipes the X1s. People incidentally draw extra cards. So I think it's actually just powerful enough that you should play it. Like, the floor is high enough, and the ceiling is ridiculous when it actually goes off. So I actually think that card is just, like, a legit staple. And I'm talking 60-card for It's busted in Commander, but I think it's also just, like, in Historic, I'll just jam it in a deck that has the right colors. I've seen, uh, like, the Rakdos deck that's so dominant, or the Jun deck that has all the Alchemy 3-drops in it. Like, a lot of people are just playing Bowmasters as another push card in the 2-drop slot in that deck. Like, with no synergies, just like, it's the best thing to play in my Jun deck, and the two mana slot. Do you think it's that good, Richard? You're a Jun master. Like, oh, no, is Bowmaster just... that just... good? I'm just saying it's terrible where every deck is Jun, basically yeah. standard, right? Like, you... your synergies don't matter. Just throw in this two drop that does everything, and it's more powerful than any synergy you can create. <laughs> That's just bad, right? That's just like we don't want that. We don't. We don't want 
midrange.deck for every format because the cards are just so powerful on their own. I I think we need to make Richard play historic. Have you played historic at all? Have you played historic, John? I wonder no. if you'd like it because you're like the the biggest Jun fan. It's like yeah, it's it's like Jun, but then it's also got a bunch of random alchemy cards that are just like super busted in the deck for some reason. So it has these like over the top digital only cards. Yeah, I wonder if you play modern with Orcish Bowmasters <laughs> and the One Ring in Jun, and that'll fix all my problems. This is a litmus test. If, are they strong enough to make Jun a deck? If they are, <laughs> then they're broken. They should be banned. <laughs> all right. Well, all right. Let's let's talk about modern first. Well. We'll wrap back around to commander stuff and finance stuff, but let's talk a little bit about modern because it's come up. So I Lord of the Rings, a few cards have already started to show up in the top eight results on Magic Online and in some paper tournaments. The biggest one, I think the number one card, also the most expensive card in the set at the moment, is not actually Bowmasters in modern. It's actually the one ring, which is a card we kind of like poo-poo during spoiler season i think we're like oh maybe like karn can snag it from the sideboard or something maybe tron or whatever but if you look at these results from the first week that this is out it is everywhere like sure tron is playing it but also omnas playing it and also reanimator decks are playing it and also control decks are playing it like outside of dedicated aggro decks it seems like pretty much any sort of mid-rangey or ramp style deck is playing copies of the one ring now i've heard people already calling for it to be banned or saying that it's going to need to be restricted that it's actually just like too good that's been a conversation what do you make of this? Did we just hard whiff on the one ring? Are people just being tempted and going overboard because it's the new set? Like, is this card actually like changing modern, breaking modern? I mean, yes, it looks like it <laughs> so, is. Okay. The, the other cards, the other cards in this list we're about to talk to, I think are maybe like they're new and people are trying them out in their card. The one ring is in like five different decks, <laughs> right? And very different decks. They're like all over the place decks. Even if these are not the final shells for the one ring, I think this is going to be a problem. Uh, and I don't understand how it's playable or why it's good. I mean, I, you know, it draws cards. I get it, right? But you're taking four, you know, turn four off in modern and you are fine with that. Like, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm confused. But the results show for themselves, right? Like the results show it's a good card. It's everywhere. It is just one challenge, but like, what, what's the sideboard card to fix this? And don't say I mean, Orcish Bowmasters, please. <laughs> like, I, I mean, like, <laughs> is it not now that you have to play Exile effects for artifacts? Like, I mean, I mean that's probably the cleanest answer, right? Just Skyclave Apparition. Yeah. There's one from the Lord of the Rings set that, like, is Exile an Artifact or deal a damage to each of two creatures yeah. that's, like, kind of competes yeah. with a braid. I guess stuff like that goes up in value. Leyline binding, any anything that just hits any permanent. I will say you mentioned taking turn four off. Like you're not really though, right? Because of protection. Like I I think of Panharmonicon. The big problem with Panharmonicon is you got to actually take the turn off, and you fall super far behind and die because you spend four mana to do nothing. At least the one ring, sure you're kind of taking the turn off, but at least you're not yeah. being damaged that turn. It's kind of a freebie because you get that protection from everything. So I think that makes it way way easier to like skip that turn just because you're not you're not getting hurt during that turn that you're skipping. I think the reason, like, so we kind of looked at it like a little bit of like a Phyrexian arena, but maybe that whole like protection for you gain protection from everything is better and like probably exactly why everyone's playing four of it. 
and it has some cute synergies where you can like once it, you could bounce it back with three fairy you can do all these things like i don't know i mean it's maybe it's a yeah we clearly overlooked this right i mean so, uh, I, I, like, say, like, I looked at all the decks really quickly there is no synergy they're all just playing the yep. one ring. So like no no bouncing, no Teferi shenanigans, no extra card, whatever. It just looks like a Tron deck with a one ring. It looks like an Elementals deck with the one ring. I don't know what this mono blue control pile is, but there's nothing special <laughs> with the one ring. It's just a mono blue control list with the one ring. So it's just the raw power of the card. Like there's no synergies that people are using. Yeah, no, people are not building around this. They are just, like, throwing it into any random deck. And apparently, at least on week one of the new season, like, it seems like maybe that's good enough. It is a ridiculous amount of card advantage. Have you played against it yet, Krim? I've played against it a couple times in, in Historic. I've seen opponents, like, playing various decks with it, and it does get out of control pretty quickly. Like, just the the snowball of the card advantage really after like two or three turns it feels like you kind of can't beat it so i guess that's what people are going with like by the end of the third turn you've drawn six cards you've drawn six cards and you get it's that protection for a turn two. do you have <laughs> yeah. your exile removal no <laughs> i i i genuinely do think that like maybe i i haven't seen enough of it like the one time i saw it it was like it like i immediately had the answer for it as in i countered it but like no i i oh, of course yeah, like like that that was that was the only time I've seen it. I haven't actually run into it a lot in in historic, but I have to imagine after this weekend, I'm we're going to see a lot more of it. Yeah. I I think that is uh, it's looking like the card is very good. What about the early calls for like bannings or restrictions or whatever? Like are people just silly? Do we just freak out way too much as a community? Like the, we shouldn't even be having this conversation yet, right? For for the one ring? For the one ring and like modern I mean, I think it's definitely way too early. Also, it's hilarious, but it is funny. I saw like Yuta Takahashi, a player I love watching, uh, tweet out, it's finally time for him to retire Jace the Mind Sculptor because the one ring is just <laughs> better. Be, be the, one ring. the one, Jace, it's like, yo, man, is, is it that time? Is Jace, I mean, Jace is like already on his way out and has been, but like, the one ring, Yuta has now taken out the Chase the Mind Sculptor for the one ring. Maybe that is worth banning. <laughs> so, I, so I, I would say it's time for unbannings. Like, yeah. if you see the one ring popping off everywhere, like we should be storming people off, like out of the leagues, right? How, but, do, how do you how do you storm someone? That's what I'm saying. Like, it's, 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 they it's have a protection. bad spot that we can't play an unfair deck to like <laughs> punish someone to play a four drop that takes half a turn off like people are just grinding like you know it's it's an omnath deck the grindiest deck already and they're like oh we got to grind harder and they put in the one ring right we should be able to punish this quite easily and if we can't we got to unban some stuff it's time to bring back some rituals or something unless that means people ritual into the one into ring, the one yeah. ring. <laughs> it's, it's, time, it's time to see these song people out out of the format man like this this seems wrong even as a jun player you know like we gotta you gotta punish this. You can't. You can't do this and get away with it, right? I mean, okay. Th this is the, the the punishment is gonna happen now, right? And, and that like the weeks coming yeah. now are gonna be the, the adjustments are gonna happen. Like you're gonna see way more exile effects. Like yeah, like the abrade thing that uh, Seth talked about. That like just exiles or deals a damage. Like I I think I think it's you're gonna see that coming. This is just the first week, so this is gonna be fun. But the question now does is does it stand the test of time?
in the following weeks. Yeah, I mean, we we will see, but I would say the early results are definitely impressive. Way better than I would have expected, because I thought this was, like, a really good commander card, but, like, eh, modern whatever. Like, so it's definitely proved to be better than that. I think it still is a really good commander card. It's probably even better than we gave it credit for in commander. Like, if this is dominating in a bunch of shells in modern, it's got to be, it's got to be just, like, a staple in commander. What do you think about if people want this card? Right now... It's 50 bucks for the cheap version. The set's only been out a week, but it's getting a lot of hype. And we've seen cards that are good in like 60 card formats and in Commander be ridiculously expensive. What do you tell people? Do you do you pick up your copies now or do you hold on a little bit to, to hopefully get a cheaper price? It's been kind of nuts to see this card only go up. Orcish Bowmasters still hold its like price tag yep. considering that it's a rare um, like, and, and, and a rare that people have opened a lot of, cause I opened like three on my, the pre-release weekend on its own. Right. Like, so I don't know. I mean, like, is it time to buy into it? Because like, it's a mythic from a set that, but like, it is a set that a lot of people will buy a lot of people will buy, but it's still like, like, I think this is a, I, I'm going to go with, I'm holding just for a little bit. And maybe I have to bite the bullet like I did with Shealdred and then pay like $70 for this. But I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. Oh, it, it goes in every commander deck. Yeah. Right. That, that was our conclusion. Our conclusion was like, it is so good. It would go in every deck, except you might die if your deck is like not powerful enough to win, you know, before you die. Exactly. So I think the fact that it's modern playable is kind of a meme. Like, I mean, yeah, they're like some modern players, but I think the fact that it's just going to be in literally every commander deck as soon as you find out about it is going to keep the price high. And it's $50. Do you think it'll drop much? What's what's the most expensive, like, myth? Like, are, are the are the free spell cycles rares or mythics? They're uh, from Modern Horizons. They're mythics. Those are, those are mythics. Yeah. And the Fury is the most expensive right now at about $37. And that doesn't okay. really seem meaningful commander play, though. Like, the, the free evoke elementals are pretty pretty mid in commander. I mean, so here yeah. here would be my thinking. So I a sort of unrelated news. Uh, the rumor is that Modern Horizons 2 is finally going out of print. Like, that released June 2021. And Wizards has just kept printing it and printing it and printing it for the past two years. Which is why some of these ultra staples like Urza Saga, Fury Ragavan... They're expensive, but they're not super expensive. It's why the fetch lands are all under $20, which they haven't been that in, like, decades. So uh, Since they were in standard. Yeah, really. Like, it's been that long. So this constant reprinting, I think, has really helped keep prices down. From the limited info we have about Lord of the Rings, it sounds like they might be on the same printing schedule. They actually put a little note in the Magic Arena article about how they they could only sell boosters until 2025. Which would almost be, if that holds for paper as well, the exact same time frame as Modern Horizons 2. So my guess is, over the short term, if you look at Modern Horizons prices, the set just keeps slowly trending down. I think that's going to change now that the cards are going out of print. I think we're going to start to see them start to increase in price because boosters aren't going to be so cheap. My guess is the same thing will happen for Lord of the Rings. So I would be more on the the wait a little bit plan just because I think they're going to keep printing this set for the next two years, kind of like modern horizons. It's also Lord of the Rings, right? This is going to be a, a, a really open set. Yeah. Like it's going to be open. This is just week one. So although it's just the like best card just, in the set, right? 
It's it one is. ring or Orcish Bowmasters, but give a casual person their choice. They're taking the one ring like nine out of ten times. Oh, so sure. this is going to be far, far more popular. So, yes, a lot of products opening, but everyone's trying to snatch this one ring. So, yeah, interesting it's the to week, see what happens. It's the week one card. hype, though. It's the week one hype. It's been so long. It's weird because it feels like it, with all the releases in the last like year or so, week one hype didn't exist anymore, right? Because you had all the early access stuff. Everybody saw everything. Kind of like prices were kind of low already at launch for a lot of cards. But this is the one set where it feels like on week one, it feels like a set release of old, right? There's cards that are absurdly high price tagged right now. So I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll we'll see it drop. I think it's going to drop. All right, let's let's move on to another card. Uh, so next on our modern list, we have Forge and New, which is one of the cards I was highest on for modern. So Forge and New is the reanimation slash free equipping uh, enchantment. So far, as far as a uh, tier decks, we haven't seen the most creative uses of the card. We've seen mostly hammer time decks playing a copy or two. We haven't really seen the argentum armor you plan or whatever the the world slayer plan come to fruition in tournaments although it might be uh coming on the youtube this week so keep an eye out for that if yeah. you want to see some uh, shenanigans <laughs> in modern uh on much of brew later what do you make of this card like is this going to be a new staple in hammer time shells or you see a lot of one ofs two ofs is this the like we got a new card we're gonna test it out and then the numbers start to drop as players are like yeah three man is a little much I mean, it looks like right now everybody's just testing it out, right? Like, and and, and it's kind of like we predicted, right? It, like, it, it show up maybe as a one or two of or something like that, because it is a bit much, right? So I I don't know. I mean, I think this is just people testing it out for now. Yeah. So three three decks in the challenge, five two five two four three are their finishes. So they didn't like blow the competition out of the gate. Uh, one forge a new main deck for each of those decks, and then that's it. That sounds like I better do my due diligence and test this. Uh, so if these players come back on the next challenge and you see like four Forge News, then it's the real deal, right? But to yeah. me, like this one of feels like it's kind of sketch and like they're just trying it. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, I, I would actually, if I thought it was somewhat legitimate, I would go two or three uh, before turning it down, right? But they're starting at the one. Uh, they did put yeah. main deck though. They didn't start sideboard. So they got, they got some, <laughs> some conviction here. I'm going to say, I think people aren't taking advantage of it enough. I think just throwing in hammer time, probably not worth it. If you scroll down the list a bit more, there was this tournament this weekend, the 2023 Players Convention, which I'm not exactly sure what it is, but it's a, it looks like a very big modern tournament. There's a deck that went into, just missed out on the top eight on Breakers, and it is actually a four of four new deck that's playing the Argentum Armor, playing the Goblin Engineer to put it in the graveyard on turn two. Like, it's really, really built around trying to maximize the power of Forge new. I think that's what's missing. Like, I think... People are looking at the card wrong. I don't think it's necessarily a good hammer time card. Maybe it's a okay one of or a sideboard card. But I think this is like we talked about before, the the card that makes the the new archetype. Sure, you probably still have hammers in it, but the deck's gonna look a lot different. So what about that? Are people just not not embracing the power of this card enough? Is that the problem? They shouldn't be throwing it in hammer time. They should be actually building around it because it's that good. Argento Farmer doesn't kill the one ring, Seth. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but how are you going to cast the one ring when you're getting your lands blown up on turn I guess you three? get your lands blown up. <laughs> I mean, it's a reanimator deck. 
It is. Is, it, yeah. is this yeah. better than another reanimator deck? Is this better than Hammer Time? I don't know, but this this is a thing. A forge I feel new like... into big scary equipment. Yeah. You Outside of like you know it, be, it being like you're you're like kind of like pet card maybe let's say let, let's call it a pet card. I I think that it is just strictly not. It, it's just not better than Hammer Time, right? So why would I build this when I could play Hammer Time? So I think the I don't know. So my theory is you you give up some of the speed, but you get much more consistency and resilience. Like having Goblin Engineer be eight stone forges is like pretty powerful, actually. So I think I don't think it's like strictly worse than Hammer Time. I think it's doing something different than Hammer Time, whether or not it's actually better than Hammer Time overall. Uh, probably hammer time has been a top tier deck for a long time. So it's hard to say any new deck is going to be better than you know, one of the best decks in the format for the past two years. But I do think that there's, there's a conversation to be had. There's more brewing to be done. I think around forge news. So even though it hasn't really taken off in hammer time as a four of, I, I wouldn't write it off just yet. Cause I th- still think there's potential for the card. All right. What about, what about Sam? This is another card that we were, uh, we were kind of discussing Samwise Gamgee, the the new combo piece, potentially letting you go infinite with a, a sacrifice outlet in Cauldron Familiar. We have a few deck lists for it, some Asmore deck lists taking advantage of it. What do you think about these lists, Richard? Like, uh, one of them showed up in the challenge, got 20th, which I guess isn't horrible, but also not insane. It's also kind of a weird one. Profane Tutor is not a card I was expecting to see show up in the deck list. What, what do you think about Sam? Is this combo going to be a thing in modern? Uh, I think it's a scam. <laughs> I mean, so, we, so there's always some green-based creature combo, and we, we know. So is it powerful enough? I think if the one ring is actually a modern playable card, you can't sit here and try to grind people out. Uh, so you need a combo off, right? But the, the value of these green-based combo decks was if you couldn't combo off, you could still like outvalue people and beat them like the, the fairway. But if you're facing down the one ring, you're going to have a big problem with that. So yes, this is a, this is a deck. Um, is it better than the other green-based combos? I don't know. Is it good in modern? Like, the green-based combos haven't been good in modern in a while, so I'm not sure, uh, but you can put Sam in them now. I, I'm not sure. <laughs> I mean, there, yeah. there's a cool, like, little, like, Lonus deck, right? Oh, but, I, I love that deck. That deck, I, I, I've been playing it a little bit, a version of it, and it's, I don't think it's very good, but boy, does it do cool things when it works. Like, you just you make so literally, many tokens. You could literally build this in Historic. No Academy Manufacturer, that's a big issue. Oh, right, that's the right, one right, yeah. key card. I tried to build it in Historic, and that's the one card you don't have. I will say about Sam, I'm a little skeptical of the dedicated combo list where people are all in on building around it. Like, it is three pieces. Cauldron Familiar isn't really that good in modern. Like, it's not like you're, you have an existing staple deck you can slot it into. What is interesting, though, there was a, a big Nerd Rage Games event, and the person that came in third uh, chris smith went seven oh and two throughout the swiss ended up third overall i think in the in the top eight they were playing yagmoth but they were also just kind of slotting the sam combo in so you're playing the the normal yagmoth deck with a couple of sams with a cauldron familiar you got cords of calling you got eldritch evolutions i kind of like the idea of having it be a, a secondary combo in a deck like yagmoth i'm not sure it's strong enough to fully support 
a deck on its own, but as a backup plan in a deck that has a it has a secondary combo, a primary combo, I actually think that might be the best use of Sam. Like I think that's a that's a pretty interesting option. And then you also get some extra value where like Yagmoth is so important to that deck. And kind of the hidden mode on Sam is sack three foods to get a historic card back from your graveyard. That's a way you can get back your Yagmoth if it dies. You can get back a Hapatra as your Yagmoth combo piece if it dies. So there's some extra value there as well. So I think that might be the the best use that I've seen so far of uh, of Samwise. Okay, let's let's keep moving on. We got a couple more modern cards to mention. We're kind of so delighted halfling obviously has seen a lot of play. That's that's actually one of the most played cards, but it's just a mana dork. It's like a slight upgrade. So I'm not sure how interesting it is to have a big conversation about that card. Uh, what do you think about the white remand Richard reprieve? So that one there's there's some deck lists. There's some deck lists with it. It's like a one of <laughs> It's a lot of. We have Reband if you really wanted to go there. <laughs> Reband hasn't been playable in a long time. Um, it's like Hammer Time would be the place that it would go, right? Like a a, yeah. a mono white deck that wanted a Reband effect, and we did not see uh, that many Hammer decks. Like There's a couple Hammer decks, none from the challenge, but a couple from some paper tournaments that played it. In the sideboard, like as a one of. The, the strangest it's use... So... Yeah, it's so strange. You gotta like reman and win right there, right? Like you're not a control deck. Like you, it's a temple play, right? So it's very specific in its timing for this deck. So I'm not sure if it's gonna actually stick. So explain this one to me, because the weirdest use, yeah, Hammer Time. That's what I thought. Like some sort of white tempoy deck that doesn't has have blue mana, but the deck that actually has had the most success with four copies is actually creativity there's a creativity deck in the nerd rage game series that's playing full four reprieves which they could just play remand if they wanted to uh, why i don't get it well uh, Krim, explain this to me like that the deck wasn't playing remand before why is it playing the white remand now and playing a full play set and having success with it it just missed the top date in the nerd rage games event i have no idea either i was looking i was like <laughs> wait what is this bringing to the table that remand didn't other yeah. than maybe the fact that their mana base might have more white mana, oh. cons mm. right? Like, but like they have the same amount of. It's modern. You have the. It's very easy for you to get white or blue mana. They still play spell pierce. They still play spell pierce though. That's still a blue. So there's no white spell pierce. <laughs> no, but but like if you can get the mana, because I was Are thinking maybe it's the mana spells that like an or anti blue, but not anti white. I, I guess. Oh, wait, Veil of Summer. Well, well I think we're ooh, we're overlooking ooh, ooh. we're overlooking the biggest thing. I think, which I just kind of realized. There's no well, solitude. No, this no, no, no. It's not even that. I think. I think what it is is uh, reprieve doesn't actually counter the spell. It just says return right. the spell to its owner's hand. So that means Cavern of Souls, Veil of Summer. Like uh, it doesn't Delighted get by halfling. any counter. Oh. Delighted halfling. So since it's not technically countering, all the uncounterability stuff doesn't work. So I guess that's the upgrade. And it gets around Veil of Summer. Gets around Veil, Veil of Summer. Veil of Summer is a big deal. Yep. Still, like, though. Okay, maybe. Going from like, zero remands to four reprieves in, like, creativity well, is just wild to me. Actually, yeah. When you th Hold on. When you think about it, the, the campy counter thing is very nice. That means you can actually send a Dovin's Veto back or something like that. Yep. Uh, maybe. Maybe that's why. The fact that it's just not, it's just bouncing it off the stack is better. Apparently, I mean, that definitely is an upgrade. Uh, apparently a pretty big one. So I guess that's something 
I think we had mentioned that before, but I hadn't really thought through like how big of a deal that might actually be in modern and doubly so now because delighted halfling is taken off. So that's another layer of uncounterability in the format. Uh, all right, last last card, last card for modern. <laughs> I got to ask you about this one because I played I played against it. So we're going back to Sam, but this is Samwise the Stouthearted, the two drop flasher that when it ETBs, you return a permanent from your graveyard to your hand that went there from the battlefield this turn. So this card, I was playing a modern league uh, the other day, and I ran into someone playing Death and Taxes, but it was Sam and Taxes, and they were just like, Leon and Arbiter, <laughs> Ghost Quarter, Sam, get back the Ghost Quarter, do it again, blink the Sam, get back the Ghost Quarter, do it again. Like, is that a legit thing? I, I totally had not really considered the land destruction possibilities. There's a 5-0 in a modern league playing this synergy. I don't see any in the challenges, but is Death and Taxes back because of Uncommon Sam? <laughs> Oh man, is that is that good enough? I guess that is I, I, right. I did crush I mean, them Le with Forgenew. They blew up like five of my lands, and then I just like Forgenew to Argentum armor and got them. So it didn't actually work out for them in the end, but it was it was cool. Huh? I think because nope. ephemerate onto a Sam. Yeah, it's a lot of land destruction. Another <laughs> Yoded Arbiter has been a thing before. Yeah. You can always pitch it. You can pitch it to solitude, so that's nice. Yeah, the other, solitude. the other thing I learned solitude. is, if you draw two Sams, you can loop them with each other with the legend rule to max out the ring temps. You, which isn't a huge deal, but you do get the full ring temps. And then if you hit your opponent, you drain for three and start doing some of those. You just start looting. So that was something my opponent did. It didn't look super powerful, but it is a little a little sneaky upside that you get all the ring modes pretty quickly with it. Is the ring tempts you, like, randomly? Like, is that what's helping push it over the top, right? Well, you're like, death in taxes. You're, you're trying to chip in there. Like, the, the actual well, three drain. Yeah, yeah. the three drain is, <laughs> is no longer chipping. Kind of relevant for you. The, yeah. the three drain is big, and, like, discarding a, a ether value you draw on turn five or whatever is also nice. Like, the loot mode is actually kind of relevant, too. So, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I kind of want to play this deck now. It looks... It looks like my kind of deck, just ghost courting people out of the game is <laughs> is one of my favorite things at modern. So maybe we'll have to try some death and taxes with uh with new Sam. Uh all right, any other any other thoughts on modern before we hit up a couple of other <laughs> interesting Lord of the Rings magic topics? Okay, so is Jund good again? Where is Jund list, Seth? Yeah, they didn't get enough Lord of the Rings cards. Although maybe yeah, we the got Bowmasters. So so funny, if Bowmasters, everyone knew it would be good, right? But they're like, no one draws cards in modern. They're like, don't worry, the one ring is here. We're all drawing lots of cards now. So maybe Bowmasters comes in now that the one ring is a, a staple in the format. Uh, so one I don't know. ring is colorless. Jun can play that. I can replace my Bloodbraid Elf with the one ring. Um, you still have Bloodbraid? I'm actually kind of interested to jam this. This. This might actually work. <laughs> so I guess, yeah, we, we probably should have talked about Bowmasters, I guess. the We talked about the challenge a couple of times. The deck that actually got first in the challenge is uh, a Yagmoth deck playing four Bowmasters. So it's showing up in Yagmoth. There's some just like Rakdos midrange playing a couple copies and went six and one in the challenge. There's a, a Grixis deck. I guess actually it's Rakdos with Orvar in the sideboard, but a, a Rakdos deck that's just playing it with Grease and Fury. So kind of a scam deck. So... Maybe that's going to be good enough for modern as well. It does kill monkey. What do you think about that one, Grim, in modern? Like, I know you said you've been playing in historic. How did it feel in historic? And can it make the jump back to modern, you think? I mean, like, like you're talking about the Bowmasters then. Like, yeah, like, like not, not the ring, right? You're talking about the Yeah, bow yeah, masters. yeah. Orcish yeah, yeah. Bowmasters. Okay. 
The Arkish Bowmasters is very good. I think it's just good in any format you can play it in. I like like this. It's so cheap. It's so efficient. Like why wouldn't I? Right? Like, and and there's just ter- games where you'll just get a turn turn three randomly if you can force a wheel on your opponent. Yeah. And that's where again collective defiance. People probably forgot about that. But yeah, the rest of the brutality cycle. It's the red one. You can play it turn two, ping them, and then force them to wheel. Yeah. I I think it's I think it's actually going to be pretty good. Uh, like I said, I've been impressed with how high the floor is. If you don't build around it, I was I was kind of in the like, do people really draw enough cards in modern for it to be worth it? But just two one ones and a damage and sniping something and blocking a few times, like even just that's enough. I think to make it worth it. Yeah, you as just four, running you, six is good. Bow Masters is good, right? You can ping the Ragavan. You can ping Dragon Rage Channeler. You, you, like, there's a lot of stuff you could be pinging off. Like even. If your opponent is not drawing cards. And if they draw cards, it's not good for you because they're drawing cards. But at the same time, you have a Bowmaster, so you're keeping up, right? So <laughs> yeah. you're uh, you're at I least think, damaging them. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I think it's it's I think it's here. Like our, our concern was there weren't enough cards being drawn in modern, but I think we're drawing cards. <laughs> so <laughs> I think it's good. <laughs> and I, I think uh you mentioned Ren. I think that's the other reason Delighted Halfling's really taking off. Like, yes, it is being used in decks that have some legends, but it's a pretty big upside to have a mana dork that's a one-two in modern. It can actually like trade with a Ragavan, it survives Ren, it survives Bowmasters. So we see that taking off in decks that actually aren't that legendary. Like uh, some of the Golgari Sacrifice decks, sure, like Yagmoth is legendary, but really you're not built around legends. Most of your stuff's non-legendary. So I think that might have even a bigger impact than i actually gave it credit for just because it survives all the the one damage stuff in the format never trust a one two man dork <laughs> shaman taught us that yeah <laughs> oh, oh, one ones. oh god it, bring it back <laughs> unban the death right all right we gotta we gotta move on to commander so <laughs> i gotta i gotta ask you guys about this i've been waiting all week so there was a quarterly update this week Every time there's a new set, the Commander RC puts a little post about, yeah, here's what we're thinking about. If there's any bannings, that's where it's going to be. So this one, it mentioned two cards in specific that uh, the community has been discussing and has concerns about. And they're not being banned at this point, but the RC is going to keep an eye on the discussions and see what happens. Card number one makes a lot of sense. Orcish Bowmaster. So we were just talking about it for modern. Commander players have kind of come out. Some were asking for it to be pre-banned. Is there a chance this card's actually too good for Commander? Like, it looks a little like Hullbreacher, right? Like, that was too good for Commander. Like, you know, you cast a wheel, you do a bunch of damage. Is this, like, broken? Is this a problem? No. <laughs> no. I mean, I so I literally played against the, the, the bats, right, of, like, in the food deck. And they had the Sam loop where the, every turn they were just pooping out a treasure, popping the treasure or the, the food token. You know, it was dealing damage. It was good. It was a very good card. It's by no means is it weak. But like, why why is some of this already on the watch list? Oh, yeah. I, I guess I should have mentioned that. Card number two was Mirkwood Bats, which oh. I don't even know how this started. Yeah. Four mana, two, three flying. When you create or sack a token, each opponent loses a life. And it's a it's a bat, as its name suggests. In what world is that a bannable card in any format? Like, I don't even, like, is it just a product of magic of, like, Commander being so casual that someone died to this once because their opponent sacked a bunch of stuff and they was like, oh, my God, this has to be overpowered. Like, we got to ban it. Like, how is this even a conversation? Why is this even in the RC's notes? Why Why are we talking about this? 
Yes, that is exactly how I I looked at. I'm like, why are we even talking about this? This is like, this is wild. This is what social media has done to our society. (laughs) Anyone with an opinion can voice it, okay? Let's say you're a one in 100 opinion. If there's like a million people in your group, that one of 100, there's a lot of them. (laughs) And they can band together on social media and it will look very prevalent. But in reality, it's actually really small. Uh... I think this is new player syndrome, right? Like people just come to Commander or maybe Lord of the Rings come over and they're like, Merkwood Bats, that's unbelievable. I I don't know why it would be broken for seasoned Magic players, but we see this with every card game. You know, anytime some new hotness comes out, everyone's like, let's ban it. It's too good. You know, why build a deck to beat it or why think of counterplay? Just ban it. Um, yep. I'm surprised it's Merkwood Bats. Like it's not people honing out of the one ring. Like if Merkwood's Bats yeah. was like a named character or something, maybe people would have more. Like if Merkwood Bats was just Gollum, maybe, yeah. maybe they'd get yeah. a pass. Yeah. Right? But it's like, we don't need Bats. They have like rabies or something. right? Let's get rid of it. A um, common from the set, by the way. Yeah. Uh-huh. And Mike's like, I just got comboed off, right? Like, oh, it's, yeah. it's unfair. It's I don't know. Masters. I, I, just just throw, throw a swords at it or something. Like it's not... Even if it pops off, it's not that bad. Wait, wait, <laughs> like, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. was like, no one plays the game. Your, your yeah. hand, like, <laughs> you, you got like, like it, so much it, mana and you win, right? Like It actually halts players, right? Like, yeah. I, uh, my question is, Richard, does Bowmasters now make you play Swords to Plowshares in your deck? No. <laughs> no. No, why, yeah. would I, why would I play swords? Krim will handle it. Krim's got it. Like, everyone's <laughs> oh, dying. Yeah. Every, every, everyone is dying when this happens, right? So, you know... You don't need to play swords in the. You need to play swords when only you can die from this, right? Then, then you need to make sure you're not the one dying. But if everyone's dying, then it's everyone's problem. So Rich- we all deal with it collectively. <laughs> Richard, farther moving in the direction of play less removal, not because <laughs> like like you bowmasters wheel or something. I Teferi's pro and I'm done, right? Like I don't want to. Why would I castle swords? Right? I would just Teferi's pro my way out of here. Oh, I mean, I I think both of these cards are going to be fine. The the bats thing is just silly. Like I, I don't even know how that got started. The bowmasters thing, I can see why people would be scared of the card, and it is really powerful. But I would be very surprised if either one of those cards. Not only do they not need to be banned now, I would be surprised if they ever needed to be banned. So. Uh, I guess maybe we just got to chill a little more. Although this does happen every set. As you mentioned, it's kind of like a social media thing. It only takes a couple of people to say it. And then you also have on social media, someone says something stupid. And then you have like 100 people that like to like tell them how stupid their take was, which ends up like amplifying that even more and makes it into a real conversation that one person says, work, uh, you know, ban Merkwood bats. And then you get 100 people that are like, no, we don't need to ban Merkwood bats. And that actually turns it into like, a legitimate conversation so yeah it's definitely an interesting dynamic like that we do it right here what like yeah, right, 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 right now like we're doing right <laughs> now yeah same thing right so now yeah. hold on wait a minute <laughs> too too good ban it ban it <laughs> it's 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 so early why are we even having banned discussions? I, I, I mean i i feel the rc should not address it like if they address it it brings legitimacy to it so which it they are which is problem. weird they addressed but, it before like, it even it might came act, out. Like, do they actually think it's a problem? Like people, like you know, you play a game, I, work with bats, and then you give it the the frown down after the game. Yeah. Like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, why would the RC address it? Right? Like, frown it just face. adds confusion to everyone. They're like, oh, wait, what is this? Why is work with bats on the list? Should I be afraid? Like, why are they addressing it if it's not a serious? Uh, Seth, topic? You, you might you might yeah. be able to like point it out directly, but 
I think it was like in the the RC quarterly update or something, right? That that uh they announced they've got it on the watch list. So that actually is a a that was the title of the Reddit post about the quarterly update from the RC, but I don't actually think that's exactly correct. If you read what the RC actually says, they just said, we've been following the community's discussion and concerns surrounding Orcish Bowmasters and to a lesser extent Mirkwood Bats. With the help of the Commander Advisory Group, we'll be observing how and if discussions change over time as people play with and against those cards. And then they moved on to the next thing. Ton of people are excited. We'll be back in August. So that somehow that was turned into it's on the watch list, according to the RC on Reddit, which I don't actually think is a fair characterization of what the RC said. At the same time, I also agree. Like, do they even need to say that? What's the point of even saying, like, we're monitoring your conversations about these cards? Like, it seems like it. What's the benefit of that? I guess it's we hear you like we hear we hear what you're talking about. But I don't know if that's worth the cost of people freaking out about it yeah like what's the point in saying is that not just kind of like saying it's on the watch list though like how how does that not translate the watch list is a thing and they're right, saying right. It's, it's not, not on the literally watch list, putting but they're it watching it. Okay, like yeah, that, that's the <laughs> that's the awkward part about it but the watch list is a actual thing right so we, well they're it's not actually on the watch list if you actually read it carefully, they're watching the discussions, not necessarily the <laughs> cards. We're observing how and if the discussions change over time. Yeah, so so this <laughs> is the this is a peak off-season discussion here. Yeah, uh, but, but are we missing something? Like, is it actually so? The difference between that and a normal um, sack, uh, not sac- like a sacrifice finisher, is that it pings on token creation, so you yeah. don't need a sack outlet you can just like make a bunch of tokens and kill everyone like is that somehow relevant to this or are, are we I mean, overseeing it because we're trying to meme on people like maybe is no. this actually scary to people somewhere? so i've played the food pre-con quite a bit and upgraded it quite a bit for, uh and it, that is in the food pre-con and it is a really fun finisher like it is good you can play it and then cast some big x token spell and drain people for like 15 life or whatever or like get sam out so your food cracks for one mana and crack a bunch of food and drain people a bit but i don't think there's anything more than that to it like it's four mana it's gotta sit on the battlefield why you make or sag a bunch of tokens which requires even more mana like if this like it's not better than mayhem devil like mayhem devil does most of the same things and more like it's on it's on par with other good payoffs that do similar things like blood artists and mayhem devils but i think it's perfectly fine in my experience i don't think we're missing anything like it's good but i don't think it's anywhere near the banning conversation the RC anyway baited me yeah (laughs) (laughs) why are we talking about this card uh all right so one one other actually two other questions and then we'll do some fish mail do you think these conversations we were talking about bowmasters even the one ring came up as far as bannings are these conversations a positive or negative for the game and the community like is it good because it gives people something to talk about, keeps them engaged. Is it bad because it shakes people's confidence and maybe scares them away from buying a copy of the one ring because they're worried it's going to be banned? Is it, what do you think? Like as a community and as a game, like are these conversations good or bad? Cause they keep happening every set release these days. I think that the problem is it's, it's bad because it kind of puts the validity of bands and like, you know, like future bands and like uh, into question. Right. Because I think that if we think everything needs to be banned, like, does this actually need to be banned, 
right? Like, it, it kind of makes it so that when eventually the next Oko happens or or, or the next Uro, the, the, those kind of cards, it'll be, me- like, buried underneath all the other bannings, right? It's like, oh, it'll just, like, you mean just like how we needed Mirkwood Bats banned. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. So, I, d- I don't know. Like, I, I think it's actually... Like, like, whatever, if you want to jokingly talk about it, like, sure, I, I, like, that's fine, but, like, yeah. but th- there are people that are out there who actually want things banned, right? And I think that is kind of bad for, kind of bad. Yeah, I, I would say, in general, it's not constructive. It's really, like, you're just complaining about something, and you don't have the power to do anything other than, like, join a horde of other complaining people and hope that puts pressure on them. Like the, the real thing we should be doing is like brewing and brainstorming, right? Like we should be thinking of new decks and new card interactions and ways to combat this. And we used to do this once upon a time, right? When they did not ban things in standard, you could complain all you want. Nothing was happening. You had to like go deep and brew and figure out a way to metagame or whatever to, to get it done. And I feel we've kind of lost that because we just sit here and complain now. Uh, so <laughs> the more constructive thing is like, oh, the one ring is all over modern. What are the ways to beat it? Here are like 10 cards that can do it. Here are 10 strategies that just like outright go over it. But that's not what we're seeing, right? We're just seeing, oh, it should be banned. Ha ha, right? And like, that that's it. So it's super negative. And it's especially negative to new players coming to the format, right? Because they come in and they're like, oh, look at all this complaining and moaning, right? Like, you know, is the game fun? Like, it doesn't seem like anyone's having any fun, right? Like, <laughs> but it's just yeah. like... Because we have nothing better to do, so we just complain about bannings. But, you know, it turns out the other 95% of the game is pretty good. But new yeah. players don't see that. They just see the top 10 posts on Reddit calling for bannings, right? This game must be horribly mismanaged and we, we, we shouldn't start this game. So I think it's a negative. I think it all started with their fire philosophy. I, I would like going back to the world of, like, we never ban you need to explore to figure out how to fix the metagame by yourself. These are the cards. Good luck. Uh, rather than just be like, oh, Watsy's fault. I can't do anything about this. I mean, at the same time, though, I hear people use that logic about Okos and Hogax and, like, legitimately unbeatable cards that, like, the, the, the people, like, if you take that line of reasoning too far, then you end up with the people who are like, well, you should have never banned Oko or whatever. You should have never banned Omnath. And, like, there are cases where cards actually are broken too, right? Like, can what you were saying, yeah, Richard? So after like, two months of people trying to brew against Oko and they cannot do it, then, you know, Watsy <laughs> steps in and be like, okay, you know, you, you need help. Like, you know, when your toddler can't do stuff, you let them do it for a bit, right? <laughs> and then they can't do it, you step in and do the help, right? But if you do it immediately, they're not going to learn anything. So, yes, you know, I think you let people brew and, you know, have a pro tour or two go by, maybe one. And then if it legitimately is broken, then you step in, right? But, like, the the RC, like, literally, like, before most people even gotten their cards talking about bannings, like, what? Like, that's, like, way too premature. That just yeah. kind of encourages the conversation, right? I, I would quite, definitely agree quite, with that. I think yeah. the, the, like, calling for bannings before the cards are even out and people have played with them. We saw that with Elishnorn, too, with that big article that went out from the RZ about, like, how it's going to have to be banned, don't print it. Like, I don't think that's necessarily positive from, like, the RZ or from just us or anyone in the community. Like, let people try the cards first. Like, actually play with them. Because a lot of times, as we saw with Elishnorn, like, it didn't end up being the problem that some people <laughs> feared it could have been. Like, it, like it's a good card, and I think we'll see that with a lot of other cards as well. It's easy to freak out during spoiler season, so give it a little bit of time. I definitely, I definitely would agree with that. Although I do wonder 
if the no banning plan can work in 2023 in the current era of design, like with so many push cards, like, can we go back to 2011 when cards didn't get banned? Like, is that even possible with wizards designing and power creeping the way they are today? I don't, I don't know if that no. would work overall or not. Like, it's no not, card it's... can be banned within the first six weeks or something. So okay. Like people will just okay. not Chill bother with the conversation until week four. Right? Like they got a couple of weeks to like actually try to fix it or something. I, I, or I don't know how they would address it. I mean, probably we... right. We can't get away with no bandings altogether. And Definitely not if, if standards taken three years, right? Like stand, yeah. if standards going for three years, please God no, right? Like there needs to be bannings. And and Wizards, I think, might actually be doing that with their like ban window. Wasn't it like six weeks after the set, the mini ban window with their new banning philosophy? So maybe that's actually what they're trying to part of what they're trying to set up with this changes to standard and changings to the banning cadence and whatnot. So all right, one other question then fish mail. So back to finance. There's a if you look at the prices for the Lord of the Rings set, it's actually it's actually kind of hilarious. You start going down the list and you're like, okay, you know, one ring, Orcish Bowmasters, Nazgul's number one, Nazgul's number two, Delighted Halfling, Nazgul's number three, Sauron, Nazgul, Nazgul, Nazgul. This random uncommon is ridiculously expensive. I think the cheapest Nazgul's ten sixty eight, and the most expensive art is thirteen eighty eight. So, uh, Nazgul's a card you can play nine copies of in your deck. What do you think of the prices of this cards? We've never really seen anything like this before, right? Like as far as uncommons that are in print, that's almost 15 bucks a copy. Most rares aren't that much in the in the modern age of magic with mythics and whatnot. So what do you make of Nazgul's prices? And what do people do if they want to build a Nazgul deck? Like, is this just what it is? Is this character, these characters so iconic is always going to be expensive? Or do you think this is the, the pre-sale early release hype we were talking about a little bit with the One Ring as well? I, I mean, unfortunately, I, I think of, of the cards that will probably hold their price tag, I think this will definitely be kind of expensive. Because the thing is, you'll want nine of them, right? Yeah. You want nine of them. As long as you want nine of them, this is going to be a pickle. This is going to be a bit of a pricey one. And a, a lot of people want one of each art, too. I learned that at yeah. the Command Fest. Like, the, the right way to play it is you got to have one of each art, so you can't just get the cheap ones or whatever, the easy ones. What yeah. do you think, Richard? I mean, you... all these cards, so, like, uh, Persistent Partitioners, Rat Colony, Relentless Rats, uh, all those cards are really expensive. The only exception, I think, is Seven Dwarves. Seven yeah. Dwarves is not expensive. Uh, they're really popular, and you need a lot of them. And, like Seth said, the correct way is one of each art, but you know there's some sweaty tryhard that's going to buy, like, nine of the same art. And then <laughs> now the 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 numbers that a vendor has is all like messed up right yep. they're like totally depleted on one and then they have all these like random leftovers and it's like not good for them uh it's just there's a lot of cards you need and they're they're hard to get i think so i don't know i think th it will go down over time but i think they will maintain a shockingly high value uh what do you want to do if you want to play nazgul's like are we, are, are we? Are we? That's what I was gonna drop, say. Are, drop a hundred dollars and buy some Nazguls, right? Are we? Like, are we at the point where we have to proxy imprint uncommons? Is that is that twenty twenty three magic proxy your uncommons? Oh my goodness! But you might I actually mean, it, be right. Like, yeah, it's almost like a hundred and fifty dollars for like the nine that you need, right? So that is like kind of nuts, right? But also, this is. What happens, right? We we kind of expected, or like at least I feel like a good amount of us expected, like this set would be so darn popular because it's just Lord of the Rings, right? So yeah. like, there's a little bit of the Lord of the Rings price tag attached to all of this. So, oh, 
I I also think long term these cards could end up really expensive because like Lord of the Rings is always going to be a thing that people like. So there will theoretically be new people who are Lord of the Rings fans that discover magic. And it sounds like after a couple of years, Wizards won't be able to reprint Nazgul's like that's they don't own the rights to that card. So it's not like they can be like, oh, Master Set, let's reprint Nazgul, get the price down. So I think for these cards that are specifically named uh, with Lord of the Rings IP, Five or ten years from now, assuming magic is, you know, still going and popular and whatnot, like, I think these cards can end up really expensive. So I think we'll see this trend down over the next year or two as the sets open, and then, but long term, it might be the most expensive modern era uncommon, which is just absolutely wild to think, but and I wouldn't you, you be surprised. Would not, you're not playing this card for power level, so you're not gonna, like, let's say they're out of control, and we're just like, don't worry, we can put the in-universe version, and, like, you're not gonna play... It's not the same! Wraith yeah. Knight or something, right? Like, no, <laughs> right. no one's gonna play this nonsense, right? Like, you want the Nazgul's. Yeah. So, yeah, I think once the, the, the set is out of print, I think it'll trend up over time. And that goes with all the other named characters, too, right? Like, if you're playing Sam... You're probably playing because you want Sam and not like random food halfling or whatever that they, they can print in universe <laughs> versions of, right? So there is yeah. a premium to being Lord of the IP, uh, Lord of the Rings Lord of the IP, IP. <laughs> Lord, of, Lord of the IPs. Uh, all right, I think that's all of our topics for today, but we got a couple minutes. So Richard, why don't you fish mail us? All right, if you have questions, send them to at Goldfish with the hashtag #MGFishMail, and we'll get to your questions on air. Okay, here we go. Here's a good question. Dan Rickard 6. Can you help a new player understand the key differences in gameplay between different formats? Standard, Pioneer, Modern, etc. I hear that's not a modern card, but it might be okay in Standard. Why? Please help me with the general gameplay differences. Ooh. All right. So the big difference between formats is... The number of cards legal in those formats. Uh, Standard only has a small number of cards the last two or now three years. Pioneer has like 10 years. Modern has like 20 years. And then Legacy and Vintage have all the years, going back 30 years. So the more cards that are in a format, the more powerful the format is, just because you have more options, which also generally leads to the formats being faster. So if you see a random five drop creature someone might say oh that could be good in standard because it's a powerful card but in modern or in a even in pioneer something that costs five mana even if it's a strong card and has good effects is going to be a tough sell just because there's so many options competing with it in this format so much faster because there's so many options so for me i normally think of it as is a speed thing like the further you go back in formats the the faster the games go and the cheaper your cards or more efficient your cards need to be to actually be competitive in those formats to keep up with the speed of all the other cards everyone else is playing That's yeah a pretty good answer <laughs> yeah uh next question only way what's more fun parasitic block mechanic uh decks versus piles of individually good cards oh boy i don't know if either of those are ideal but i think i'd rather play against parasitic block mechanic decks and good stuff piles at least at least you got a theme and some flavor going on right like i would rather rather neither though i guess i i, like I mechanics no i like yeah like, I, I mean like standard has shown us what piles of individually good cards <laughs> look like and not just standard like pioneer like all of the formats yeah. are now this generically and good cards. I, yeah. I love these kind of decks i i play jund right but i like it when it's the only deck like you know the, it's like this is the only option and then everyone else is like playing synergistic decks right and you are just one but when everyone is playing piles of good stuff just in different colors 
then the decks kind of have no meaning. <laughs> like it's just like whatever piles of colors you wanted to throw together and the same cards over and over again. I think with parasitic block mechanics, at least you see different cards. Uh, like this card can only go in this deck and they must rely on these synergies to be powerful enough. And I think I, yeah, yeah, yeah. that makes it more fun, even though yep. you get that downside of like, there are no, no new cards for your deck, you know, every time, right? Because it's a unique mechanic. I do, I do miss the days where, like, you in standard, you would remember a deck for its synergies and what it did, right? More than just, like, it being spearheaded by one card. Maybe there were, like, maybe there were a few, like, key all-stars in, like, in every, like, synergy, like, deck, right? Like, oh my god, Scion of Darkness. That's a, that, that is a card that you went to go get, right? Like, yeah. But, like, nowadays, everything is just, it just takes over the game. It's just so. color combination mid-range, color yeah. combination aggro, color combination control. And that's literally, like, what decks are, are named nowadays, right? Like, you, if you go, like, something, something, wandering emperor, you're like, what does that mean? That's, like, any deck, <laughs> right? It's, it's just, there's a problem. There's no iconic cards to decks anymore because they're all kind of just in every single deck. Yeah. Yep. All right. So thank you for your fish mail questions. If you have further questions, send them to at MTG Goldfish with the hashtag MTG Fish Mail, and we'll get to your questions on air. And I believe that brings us to the end of episode 439 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. So, Richard Krim, thanks for hanging out. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to Card Conduit for supporting the show. And we'll be back next week to talk about whatever goes on in the world of magic. So, until then, have a great week, everyone. And this is the crew signing out. Bye.